0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of The Occasionalists. We are back from our summer break and I'm here with a long time, it's been a long time since you were last on the show, but uh, frequent guest co-host Gregory Cherry. Greg, what's going on man? Hey Pagel, well, not much, glad to be back. Yeah, and it
1: has has been a minute, I don't even know what, what year I did this last. <laughs> you? No, you were on
0: in February. Oh right?
1: really? Has it only been that that long yeah. ago all right yeah
0: it was in February but nonetheless it's it before that prior to that then it, there's a bigger gap too so you've been yeah. you've done like two episodes basically in like two years yeah exactly yeah, yeah it makes sense but it's been a while um Greg last time we had Greg on you were uh, regaling us with your uh, tales of becoming a stand-up comic and uh, we are once again going right down uh right down your Avenue and my Avenue as well as we talk about video games now this is uh part of the series this month where uh, we're talking about the '90s on the podcast, and not not particular. We're not going to get like into into details about like the 1990s necessarily. I kind of thought of this as more of the things from the 1990s that were real important to me, and kind of where my relationship has gone with uh, with them from from then to now. And video games were one of my absolute pillars of the 1990s. I think they were for all you know young men who were born you know after like the 1970s. Correct. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. I spent so much time playing video games as a kid. Especially as, like, a weird loner um, as a child. Like, that was, like, <laughs> a good, like, 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 this was sort of, like, one of my escapes. I shouldn't say a weird loner, just a weird kid in general. Um, video games oh, were super true. important to me. So I figured, I know, Greg, I know you're a big gamer, um, and uh, so I figured this would be a really good episode to have you on as we talk about our video games from our childhood and how they've evolved to now. Uh, but first, Greg, we got to start off with a little lightning round question. So here we go. Yeah. What weapon from any video game would you want to try out at least one time?
1: Oh man, you know, like I was thinking about this, and I was like, maybe like the portal gun from Portals. I can go around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's that that's too small. And I just want the exact opposite way. And I was like, man, the BFG from Doom, the big, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the big fucking gun. I just want to shoot that thing onto an open field somewhere and just see it explode. <laughs> one thousand percent. So. I put down three options here, and the first two were the portal gun, the BFG 9000, um, for those exact reasons. Like, I want to see the BFG 9000 just annihilate something. Just <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care if it's if it's demons, if it's like vehicles, buildings, whatever. Just like, blow something up. I had a feeling that's where we're gonna go, but so I'll add one to this um, from Turok 2, the Razor Wind. Mm. It was like oh, a yeah. frisbee with blades all over it. And you just like threw through just could throw it, it would go through things and come back to you. I really want to see that do some damage to some dinosaur or mutant people or whatever. That'd be fantastic. Oh dear.
1: So, I love how like our minds like I was I was like a chubby kid, you know, so I wasn't very fast, so like in my head now I'm like, Portal gun, I can get the
0: places easy. And then <laughs> right. I'm also uh,
1: like <laughs> and I'm also like, but I want to blow shit up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the portal the portal gun would be obviously like the most fun. Yeah, Like, I mean, it would just be fun to sort of do some of that shit. But, yeah, I I think it's it's so strange. Like, I, I, you know, I abhor violence. Warfare is terrible for humanity and obviously the people involved in it. But just for maybe it is just growing up as a video gamer. Like, I'm just I know details about weapons that I should have no idea about whatsoever. (laughs) And like, I want to see like, I want to see weaponry, like, just go off and like blow shit up. I, I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. Like, absolutely. Like, like the, the amount of things I learned just from, like, Call of Duty video games as a kid, like, about guns I've never seen in real life is yep. insane.
0: It's insane. <laughs> it's it's truly bizarre that, like, I know, like, certain things about, like, sniper rifles. The, <laughs> like, why do I know them? I Because I've played too much Call of Duty. Absolutely. Right, right. All right, so let's get into it. So we're going to talk about video games. And let's, let's rewind. Obviously, I'm a little bit older than you, so this is going to be, you know. This'll be more of the two thousands for you, nineties for me when we talk about this. But nonetheless, right. let's rewind and talk about um, you know, video games in our childhoods. And the most important thing I wanna this is to me the most important thing, uh, when you're playing video games as a kid, is your setup. Like everything mm-hmm. that like the, the way that you're you're set to play video games, it says a lot about you. Um so let's start with you, Greg. What was your what was your setup like when you were when you were sitting down for a gaming sesh? Just any kind of details that you have there, go ahead and throw them out. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I, I did think about this, like in the aspect of like the late '90s. I was, I was born in '92, so
1: uh, I was getting kind of like on the you know late end of Sega there, and then like the early end of Dreamcast and the sixty-four mm-hmm. coming out. So that was kind of like my era um, for most part. But I specifically remember in my upstairs, like was there like a ranch style house, right? So upstairs in my room, there was like the N sixty-four, like the Dreamcast, you know, mm-hmm. more like a three three D type of consoles. Where you just had that big old uh, project like not projector tv but what cr tv or whatever it's called yeah um yeah, yeah but like it's like a 20 inch screen but weighs like four thousand pounds, pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yes exactly and it's like you, you know your dad gets a hernia from carrying it for mm-hmm. you and uh so i remember having like that set up but like you had to have like your face and like like five inches away from the screen because the screen was so small and the quality wasn't great and then i also remember then we had a downstairs area where my older brother when he used to live at the house, we called it like Brian's room, but he he didn't live there at the time. And I remember downstairs was like another style of that TV that had like the, uh, like a beanbag chair Mm -hmm. within like the Sega Genesis and like, like super NES. And there was like the old school ones, like downstairs, Um, mostly because it was just cooler as Ohio was humid. So, you know, it's easy to go downstairs and do Mm -hmm. that. But I just simply remember having two different sections of gaming setups as a kid
0: very nice very nice and you were a multi um I, I'm, I'm assuming because you know you had like i just had a sister and she didn't game really um mm-hmm. i'm assuming because you had a brother who gamed you had multi consoles i'm very jealous
1: well yeah actually the, the interesting part is is like some of it was maybe for my brother and sister but my brother's 11 years older than me and my sister's ah. nine years older than me and my mom's only kid So because i'm her only kid i was just fucking spoiled like like they just like we weren't well off by any means but we weren't like you know doing like poorly you know kind of like the middle middle class if Mm -hmm. you will and I just got gaming consoles and systems all the time like just uh whether or not I deserved them so
0: (laughs) (laughs) right right yeah it was um like we like one in in my gaming life it was just like sort of it was just one console at a time but like eventually Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, like I'd upgrade, you know, from like N64 to like Dreamcast to, you know, whatever. Um, but it was like that was like sort of the thing in, in my circle was. Um, so I had N64. My mm-hmm. buddy Adam had Sega, had Sega Genesis. Um, our friend RJ had he had like a couple of different ones. I can't remember exactly what he was working with. But like so there was just like a rotation of like whose house you were going to go to. And then like when that advanced, then it became um, then it became uh, Xbox versus PlayStation. Like who has who has the Xbox games, who has the PlayStation games, and like we rotated around like that too. Um, yeah. So, like, that was that was like sort of the like the you know, in our friend group we'd like had like a essentially like a weekend rotation that we would go through if we were like planning on like if we wanted to play Halo, if we wanted to play um, you know, Goldeneye, whatever it was, there was just like a rotation we had to go do. Oh but, yeah, dude. But like but like you, I had like run to the basement in my house. Um, and mm-hmm. I had one of those. I had my grandmother's old it was like literally the 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 same idea, like the big box TV, but it was the one with that was actually had like the wooden casing built around it. Oh yeah. that also added like an extra hundred pounds to it. Um, it was fucking insane how heavy that thing was. But it was but it was pretty big. Um, I remember that. like it was probably like a, a 30 a 32 inch screen um like so for those like for those old style tvs that was pretty big but right. it was we had like the run of the of one half of the basement like my dad's like workshop was on the other half and we had that side that just to sit there and play video games we had the console we had the tv there and on the other side was a refrigerator that was just filled with just take your selection of mountain dews um there was so much of it, I'm sure, my blood when I was a teenager was just Mountain Dew at, at one point in time. <laughs> Dude, I totally hear you on that. Absolutely. So, how about your? So, how about your friends? Like, who? Who is like your? Who is your gaming circle?
1: Yeah. So, my, when it came to gaming, like when I was younger, it was definitely like the nerdy kids. You know, like the ones that we just. Puber- like you know you know we we, we uh, didn't have puberty super early and like, we're just all the little roly-poly kids in our class mm-hmm. um you know just the, the awkward kids you know um and so it was i remember it was it was a kid named uh can i say full, full names here does that matter want- i do know yeah, it <laughs> like, yeah 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 the most italian name ever vito bartuccio and there's another kid down the street named justin Snyder, and i remember that Justin would be the kid that, you you know, that friend that you'd go to to play the video games that your parents won't let you have because they're too violent. Yes,
0: yes, that was, yeah. yep, gotcha. That was our friend, our friend Jason, always had, yeah. he was the first one to have Mortal Kombat, Um, first one to have, like, those kind of games, absolutely.
1: Right, right, like, the friends that had, like, the more violent games but the less attention from their parents, like, mm-hmm. those, like, friends, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. So, like, I remember that, he, he was a kid down the street that would go, and, like, they had a basement set up um, with, like, a giant, you know, a big old box tv and that's where we play like grand theft auto specifically but that's like past the 90s you know it's like early 2000s but Mm -hmm. um but so i remember i'd go to his place you know as as a kid and then uh my buddy Vito, we'd i'd go to his place and he he, his mom just always had all the snacks you know like tostitos doritos cheetos everywhere and just covered in cheeto dust um but (laughs) I remember. I remember. We'd have like a little like a tent set up, like inside up in the upstairs, and then there'd be like nice. a Sega, like a Sega Genesis system set up, and we'd just play. You know, like a lot of like Streets of Rage, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah. We used to. Um, we used to go to our one friend's house. He had. He got Road Rash. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever play those games? Yeah, I'm familiar. And I don't remember okay. playing them too much. But I'm familiar. Yeah. Um, our, our one friend had road rash and like, we just like, couldn't, we couldn't tell our parent like we were afraid to tell our parents like what it actually was. Cause right. I mean, you're just like, it's a racing, like we would tell like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a motorcycle racing game. But like, also like you can take out lead pipes and chains and like beat people and like you're trying to like crash people and there's like right. blood and shit coming up on the screen. So like, we were like, like we were just like terrified to tell our parents like what road rash was, which seems quaint now. Like, very oh, quaint now. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um,
1: also, I, it doesn't necessarily count as a friend, but, dude, I remember one of the best gaming setups is going to my grandma's house, alright? So, oh, yeah. yeah? Yeah, bear with me here. Um, I guess my grandma was my friend. She was okay. Um, no, <laughs> but she had a, one of those giant box TVs. But it was like a 55-inch TV, so this thing stood like 5 feet tall by 5 feet wide, mm-hmm. right? This thing was absurd. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I remember she had like the SNES, but then she had like the attachment to it, that you could put, like, a Game Boy game into or a Game Boy Color game into, and it would play it on the TV.
0: And that oh, yes, yes. Goddamn mind. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. time. Oh, dude, that's, I know. It Again, like, one of those things that just seems so, like, now it's like, well, yeah, of course you can, like, cast a game or something to a, another screen if you want. But, like, back right. then, like, the ability to plug in in, 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 like, a handheld into something that big was just mind-blowing. Absolutely mm-hmm. mind-blowing. 100%. So, um, what were, so like, what were the, what were like the regular, what were the games in your, like your regular rotation? Like what were the, the games of choice?
1: Yeah, dude. Games of choice. I, man, I have, I have a little bit of a list here. Hope that's okay. But yeah, you know, it. I just, some of the ones that definitely stand out, dude, I remember my first games ever, I was really heavily into was Pokemon red and blue. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember it was the first games I ever bought myself and I was like six or seven, like my parents, like made me do like a lemonade stand during, like, a giant parade that was passing our house in Brook Park, like, like, the nice. like the Brook Park home days, mm-hmm. and, like, it, let's be real, they did all the work, I just stood there and looked like a cute little kid, right? And so, like... Well, yeah, but that was tough was, for you back then. Right, it was very tough, you know, it was more so, like, they felt bad, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I remember, I remember saving up very distinctly, going to Toys or Us, um, and getting, like, Pokemon Blue, and, dude, just sinking so many hours into that, and you get the red one, and you get, uh, Pokemon Yellow with the Pikachu on it, yeah, i so much pokemon as a kid growing up and even as an adult which like i'm not embarrassed to say it's fine um (laughs) but and then lots of sonic you know all all the classic sonics Mm -hmm. like one through three um this topic actually brought up a nostalgia bump for me that i forgot was in my head but you ever played double dragon on the sega genesis oh yeah absolutely dude so much double dragon and i remember that game pissed me off but i kept playing it (laughs) because Mm -hmm. i couldn't beat it um but if, if I ever think some of, of the bigger standouts, dude, I, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, that was one of my first, like, iconic games I ever played. Oh, for um, sure, yeah. S- Super Mario 64, got that on Christmas, like, the year that 64 came out mm-hmm. with Super Mario. I we thinking so many hours into that, and it was one of those situations where, you know, it's like, time to go to bed. It's like, not yet, five more minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. always right. like that. And then um, I actually had to look this up to see if it came out in the 90s, and they did. But my last two here, I remember playing a lot in the 90s was a uh, Soul Calibur and the Dreamcast. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time into that. And then also Crazy Taxi, man. That soundtrack was mm-hmm. like four songs, but it was it, it really hit. It really hit home.
0: It was a really good soundtrack. I remember just playing that game all the time. Awesome. Awesome. Um yeah, it's really interesting um how it's really interesting I think how Pokemon has like has persisted in pop culture for both kids and adults like it's Mm -hmm. it's not like it would be like there's i think there are some things that would be kind of strange if you were like some gaming things that would be kind of strange if you're still into as an adult but like pokemon is definitely not one of them pretty interesting it's 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 um pop culture power i guess Mm -hmm. absolutely so by the way excellent rotation um crazy taxi was fucking awesome um I, I think, so, like, I kind of thought about this, like, in two separate ways. Like, what what was I just, like, gaming with on my own, which was different than, like, when my friends, you know, we were doing stuff together. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, on my own, one of my favorite games um, was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sides, like, the, the side-scroller game. Oh, that was yeah. one of my favorites to play. And then there was, like, the second one that was actually, like, the really boss one. It was uh, TMNT, like, the arcade game um Mm -hmm. like those were like staples of my like i'm gonna sit and just like play video games myself like these are like my these are my games um so like those were sort of like the those are amongst a a bunch of games that like i love to play by myself but like when i was with my friends one of our first like early sort of like you know have the boys together like on a saturday night or whatever uh nfl blitz was like one of the first ones um just Mm -hmm. you know street football guys annihilating each other you'd score like 100 points in a game um, it was like, it was, you know, it, it was much, it was much more fun than Madden was at that point in time. Uh, you know, just to like, and it was like an advance on like stuff like tech mobile. So it was like a lot of fun to just like, you could just like, you can get through a game in like 10 minutes, basically five to 10 minutes. Um, oh yeah, you
1: put in like the uh, like the big head cheat code.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Do all the cheat codes and stuff, and you know it was just like a, it was like a fun like you know you could have like little mini tournaments and shit like that because like you get to the game so fast. So like that was like a first that was like a first big one, and then like right. the next big one that was like very the two next big ones that were really like community kind of games. Obviously, Goldeneye was like the was the big big one that mm-hmm. I'm sure collectively between like my three best friends and I, we probably put. Uh, like a year's worth of time into playing like multiplayer and golden eye and doing all that kind of shit, playing slappers, playing golden gun, you know, whatever. Um, and right. then later on, it was actually, it would have been like in the two thousands, but like the, when the WrestleMania games, the WWF games, um, Oh man. Yeah, those, absolutely. Those were so much fun. i like, I literally, I haven't, I, I don't think I have like an interest in playing a current wrestling game because I'm sure that they're less fun than that one. Than like WWF 2000 or or two you know whatever it was WrestleMania WrestleMania 2000 is what I'm thinking of very particular um, where like you had like The Rock you had uh, Stone Cold and like we used to we used to play that game to death every weekend that was like that was like the, the that was like the sort of the last um, video game that really was like a community video game until like we get until we advance with like Halo and stuff that was like the last yeah. one for us.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah dude, i remember playing uh i think a very vividly you may you keep unlocking all these memories for me um but ncw nwo revenge oh yes very yes. specifically and then like i remember you get like a stop sign from the crowd just you get a hand handed a stop sign You're like, yeah. all right i don't know where this came from and you just hit somebody in the face and then it's like the crowd gasp and they start bleeding out the face and they slowly fall like <laughs> that oh, game yeah. was so
0: more violent than thing my parents were anticipating when they bought it for me but <laughs> oh for sure i i remember like uh, looking back on it now, both WrestleMania and the WCW, like or you know the Nitro, the Nitro video game, um, yeah. like looking back on it now, like I really think that I, I like me and my friends were a little bit closer to being psychopaths than we ever like to admit, because like <laughs> we would we would get like the stop sign or like the chairs and just like violently beat like whoever we'd always like pick a wrestler that we just fucking hated. And, you know, be it a heel or a face or whatever. We would just pick someone we hated, like, turn the rules off, and we would just, like, beat these people to death, like, in outside of the ring with, like, objects. And then we would just stand in the ring and see how long it took them to get up. And, like, one time, like, I hit, I can't remember who it was, but I hit someone with a chair so many times that, like, the, I think, like, we caused the game to fritz out a little bit because, like, he was just lying in the corner, like, shaking for, like, literally eight straight minutes. And (laughs) We were just kind of like, I'm like, I think we should just like reset it because I think it's broken. And like, upon hindsight, the fact that we all just like sat there and watched that, that's like a little bit too close to psychopathic behavior. Jeez, that's like your guys' version of killing animals. isn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, kind of glad. I I guess maybe that's why I don't play wrestling games anymore. It's just revealing a, a certain side of myself. Um, oh. but, but yeah, that was, um, I, I think... Like to me, I think by really like halo really changes, um, I mean, obviously it changes video gaming in general. but mm-hmm. I, I think it really did change how, um, you know, how like me and my friends game like there once we like once we get into Halo, there's like a lot less of the and and I, I, I would have been like it, that would have been like when I was like graduating high school too um that, that right. had a big part of it as well. but like there's like less of that sort of. Getting together like on a Saturday, just to like hang out and play mm. video games once Halo comes around. Right, right, absolutely. So, what was your what was your favorite part of gaming from this era? It literally could be any part of this. What what was your favorite part?
1: Yeah, so I kind of have like two separate answers for this. but I promise I'll make them too long. Oh, that's um, fun. yeah, yeah. No, the the first one that comes to mind, dude, is just just the camaraderie that you got out of gaming, you know, because yep. this is before you could play online. This is before you could, you know, be at each other's houses, like separate and, um, you know, just communicate that way over a headset. So like just having to be in physical proximity to one another in the same room and being able to, you know, have that connection, you know, with your friends and build those friendships and to trust them not enough to not be assholes and look at your screen while you're playing co-op right. games or, yep. or against each other. Yeah. Um, that was a big part of it too man like like so i think that was huge especially man i remember playing like mario kart 64 but doing like the battle arena part you know we have like the balloons on your car mm-hmm. you ever play that yeah mm-hmm. you like try to knock them off each other doing stuff like that you know like i remember i just remember so many times just you know that that's what that's what it was exciting you know to hang out with friends at that point you know just and that was a big part of it for us yeah oh for, for sure
0: and that's yeah that's like the that's the first thing i hit on it was like the fact that like gaming networks were just non-existent, so like mm-hmm. even if like even if you were playing something like Halo, um, you still had to get together and you know connect your Xboxes, like set up an uh, LAN network like in someone's house. So there was still like this sense of camaraderie that is right. that it like is it's just hard, it's almost impossible to replicate now. Um, like unless you just unless it's like what you all want to do, um, it, you know it's pretty hard to replicate now. But yeah, that that sort of. Those were, like, some of the best times, like, all of us trying to play GoldenEye. Like, the fact that, by the way, the fact that we played on, like, one quarter of a screen that was, like, you know, 20 to 30 inches wide is also just mind-blowing. Um, you know, so, like, everyone being in the same room to do that, screaming and yelling at each other, like, hitting each other while we're playing. Like, that whole, that whole like, aspect of friendship it was absolutely like oh. the, the thing that stands out the most for me absolutely yeah yeah like leaning over and trying to, like each other's controllers out yep. of your hand oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah we I our, our our one friend i think it was mm-hmm. our i think it was our friend um tim was like notorious like you like whoever sat next to tim was going to get their controller fucked with like, cuz that was that was just immediately as soon as he was losing something like you know whether it was like a racing game or goldeneye or something that's that was his go to or he would he, would, he was really good at, like, the quick... He, he was taller, taller, taller kid, so he would just, mm. like, stretch his leg out and, like, with his, like, foot just, like, unplug controllers and shit. Um, <laughs> dude, that's some next-level stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, like, you? that was that was Tim's move, like, 100%. He was that dude. Oh, man, that's awesome.
1: Um, yeah, and then another part, though, of my favorite part of the game from this era, and... I, I don't know if you recall these, I bet you do, but just see, just the marketing and the commercials are just fucking insane. They were, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were just so out there, like, and like, the, you could have a commercial, I remember there's this one, um, granted it's like, you know, probably like early 2000s, uh, like PS2, right? But like, mm-hmm. the, the, these people are just rushing out of their houses, and they're just climbing up on top of each other, and it's just like a mountain of bodies, and- And they're trying to get to the very top, and they're pushing each other down. Like kids are rolling down Mm among grown ass adults, and then it just says like, "Play has no limits." PlayStation. I was like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) 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 See a gaming console now. Once I see a game
0: advertised, it's just a mound of human bodies and people pushing each other down. (laughs) Right, (laughs) dude. I I forgot. Like, do you remember like the original Crash Bandicoot commercials? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, some of them, some of them. Yeah, Those they're, are
1: they are pretty intense.
0: Yeah, those are, like, wild that, like, that that was, like, that was a commercial, like, a guy in a costume essentially just swearing at people. Um, like, swearing at, like, PlayStation executives. Like, that's, like, that was a commercial for a video game. Um, it's just, it's mind-blowing now. Um, so you're right on, you're 100% right on that. Um, the one thing, I guess this really isn't, this isn't specifically part of the gaming, but I think this counts. I... Just the, whatever there was a big game going for the midnight release was. Oh yeah. Like, I I haven't done that in a long long time. I was in like my twenties the last time I did that. But like that was like a, a ritual. If if not the midnight release, then um you know like getting it like as early as you could, like the you know the next day, like that mm-hmm. that whole how there was like literally a culture to, uh, that was in place of just waiting for games. Like if that's just fucking mind blowing to me too.
1: Yeah, dude. I I I have actually a quick story with that actually. Um I this actually happened very recently. So Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild just came out, right? Mm -hmm. Not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, sorry. Mm -hmm. The 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 newest one. And I haven't gone to like a release in years, especially as like a grown adult, right? I think the last time I went was like Modern Warfare Two, like when I was in high school. Right. When it came out, like GameStop, but I remember I went to this one. It was available like 10 p.m. the day before it came out, and I wasn't gonna play it that night, but I just wanted to get it so I can have it, not to go to the store the next day. And I get there, you know, there's a bunch of people like you know my age or older, you know, thirties, forties, a bunch of bunch of weeps, uh, just there to play play Zelda. But dude, oh, I remember sure. seeing yep. this, yeah, I remember I remember seeing this kid that was like seven or eight years old, and he was with his parents, and he was walking out of the store and he was just so excited, so happy to get this legend of zelda game and like it like i like started tearing up because it, it reminded me of like when i was a kid having those exact same moments, you know, with my parents mm-hmm. going and getting these games, being so excited and he's so excited about the same franchise that i played when i was a kid, you know what i mean? and so yeah. that it was really cool. And like you don't you don't really see that that often anymore, especially um you know at our age where we don't even want to bother with those releases.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah um yeah that's you know then i think those like little full circle moments are definitely very cool like Mm -hmm. and i think it's something and i'll say this like i think because of how much we can just download uh, how easy it is to get something on amazon um it feels like i know that these things like like you said you've done that recently and i know this like culture still exists but it Mm -hmm. just doesn't exist the same way that it used to
1: no, not at all. Especially when a bunch of games are digital
0: now, and you mm-hmm. can just download it. You know, like the day of. Mm-hmm. It kinda, super easy. You, know, you don't need. Yeah, you don't need a physical copy. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy. Um, and it just makes. I mean, it makes sense, but you know, like I, I, I will. So the last I, I had. I was while well, you're talking. I was double checking something there because the last game that I went for a game release was, um, Call of Duty Black Ops. So that was like 2010. Mm-hmm. Was the last time I went to a game midnight release, and like it was it was actually one of the most like fun times I had a couple of my friends uh, from high school were there. Um, They were, uh, they were they were getting the game too. And like the, the, the GameStop employees set up a, um, they set up like a big cardboard cutout and like they had everyone come with like a, a fake throwing knife. And like the cardboard cutout was like one of the (laughs) modern warfare characters. And so like everyone had, had turns to like throw um, like a fake throwing knife at the cardboard cutout um they like had like competitions and stuff with that there was other stuff like they had like set up for everybody it was just like you know like i didn't i ended up getting home probably like 1 one thirty or something like that but like it was like two hours well spent with friends and it's just like something that just really barely exists anymore
1: oh yeah man that, that's awesome with that experience though especially you know like with your buddies from back in high school and whatnot and mm-hmm. yeah i definitely can't say i've had that experience in a long time so that's really cool
0: yeah So as as gaming has evolved, um, what is what is lost from your childhood experience to now? And I I didn't want to like guide this question too specifically because I'm just, you know, Mm -hmm. open ended, whatever, whatever comes to mind here.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the, the first thing that came to mind was like, man, I just don't have as much time anymore, <laughs> like True. just flat out. Like as a kid, I just remember just having like endless hours of play. And now I'm just kind of like, you know, digesting my games in like one to two hour increments here and there. Cause I'm just, mm-hmm. just, just busy and I like to sleep, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a part of it. But I think I think one of the one of the coolest things I remember as a kid was getting in that game and opening it up, you know, and then right inside of it, because you know, you didn't necessarily have like the like internet or built out like you know game FAQs and things like that. And mm-hmm. so you just have like like this this like manual that gives you the whole like backstory and like all these yeah. like images and graphics and like what to do and like what how everything is and also getting like the actual game guides themselves. Like I remember having them from like Zelda, Pokemon and mm-hmm. things like that. And so there's just definitely like a lot more put into the total package of the actual physical copy that you got. And I just remember that that was so cool for me as a kid, you know, like before I even played the game, I was just opening that up and just kind of looking through all of that.
0: One of one of my all time favorite things is going through like the the literature, the manuals and stuff that comes with games Mm. Um, so much so like that. I remember the the third Halo of like the like the original trilogy before um, uh, who took over, I think 989 Studios took over for mm-hmm. Bungie, um, after the third game, so, like, the original Bungie trilogy, um, the, the I bought, like, a $120 version of the third game because it had, Dang. like, inserts, lore, like, it had, like, I'm I'm sure that if I look around for it, I could probably still find, like, the book that mm-hmm. came with, with that version of Halo because I love going through that stuff. Like, like I, I even remember, like, when my friend got Mortal Kombat, like, going through and, like, reading, like, the... I think actually this is the second Mortal Kombat... Um, going through and, like reading all the like bios for all the characters. like who the fuck does that when they're when they a kid? i but I love that shit, oh, yeah, dude i I totally
1: am on board with you on that. Like I'd for sure love reading that stuff and whatnot. and even even as the games got more advanced and they started of have more space available and they could put more data in there and more lore and backstories and whatnot inside of things, like, I always took the time to read through every single piece of history that you'd collect in those games. You know, would be like you found a manuscript or you found a
0: letter or things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's that stuff. I just ate that up. Oh, for sure. And again, another thing that is sort of um, just not there anymore. I think for I think part of it's just practical purposes. Like I, mm-hmm. I play, I still play Destiny on occasion. And yep. if you had an insert with like information in that, it would be like an encyclopedia it like there's literally so much lore involved in that game they i know they recently hired someone who's essentially like a librarian for like the for like the narrative and like the lore for that game like there's so much of it but i i do think some just a little something is lost by not having like an insert in games like that anymore oh yeah no for sure man yeah god Speed
1: for that librarian, though that's so much to remember. <laughs> it's ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I how... need you to
0: build an expansion that's going to be relevant. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how about this? You see if like this makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. So, a, a lot of the game, not every single game, but a lot of games and a lot of games that I play are very open ended, like, they have mm. expansions and stuff, like, right. they have seasons. Um and, like, literally the same game just keeps getting updated month to month, you know, year to year, it feels like there's a, a, a much less sense of accomplishment because you can't really beat a game anymore. I mean, you can, yeah. like, you can beat the, the seasonal content or the monthly or week whatever, however the game updates. You can, like, beat that content, but you can't really, quote-unquote, beat the game. And it just feels like there's something missing... When you can't do that, when there's just more to do, when there's, you know, just, again, thinking of a game like Destiny, you can, like, beat the story, and then there's, like, literally a thousand other things to do that you can't beat, necessarily. So it just feels like you're kind of missing a certain sense of accomplishment.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, that totally makes sense. I mean, like, for... And I remember like, you know, rolling credits on things, you know, like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, the Zelda games, things Mm -hmm. like that. And like you roll the credits and they have all these like cool little cut scenes that happen alongside the credits and like just background animations, things like that. And you just sit there and you watch it all because you're like, oh, great, I'm done. I did it. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm going to go back through maybe like, you know, in a few weeks, a few months and play it again. Like for some reason that those games I was a lot more likely to return back to because of the fact that. I hit the end game and I was like, all right, I'm going to start it again. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But now with games too, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like there's, you, you hit the end credits and then sometimes you're like, Oh, there's like 20 hours of post game here. Like, you know, that I Mm -hmm. can do or which is, which is fun, you know, for sure. But yeah, I guess I never really thought about that too much. You do bring up a good point with that, that there's sometimes not quite a finality with it, especially with you beat a game And you know you've done everything main story-wise, side quest-wise, etc. But then you, for instance, like, you know, I have a PlayStation 5. There's all these achievements that you see that you haven't beat. Or all Mm -hmm. these trophies you haven't collected, quote-unquote, you know, for making these accomplishments. And it does kind of give, like, a... 95% completed feeling in your heart because yeah. like like well, I beat the game but there's all these things that it says I still haven't
0: done but I'm not going to fucking do them <laughs> right. right some of them some of the ones some of the trophies and things for certain games are insane it's like like just thinking about like some of the trophies that you get for like like if you were to, if you were to complete destiny completely like mm-hmm. some of the things you have to do are like oh don't die on the hardest difficulty in a 4 hour raid like, what, like I, I'm never gonna do it. I'm, 100% never going to do that because I just I can't. Also, I don't have the time to like spend four hours doing one part of a video game. Um, so it just oh yeah, it it is sort of like this weird like little like reminder like in sitting in front of you like when you when you log into your PlayStation, it's just like, ooh, haven't quite beaten this yet. Uh, so you know, it's just like eh, whatever. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Like it's just. It's, it's, so, it's so ridiculous, especially some achievements or trophies are like, hey, did you do this? Nope. Well, you have to play the game all over again because you missed your only chance to get this. <laughs> yep. And you're like, that was at like the 40 hour mark. I'm not going to
0: fucking do this again. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. Um, I, I will say, though, like I, I, you know, going back, like thinking about like Halo, that was one game where I literally went back and beat it on every single level of difficulty Simply because, like, it, it, like, I just enjoyed it so much. But I enjoyed, I, like, I got that feeling of accomplishment from it, and I just like wanted to like, go, like, all right, you beat it on Easy, you beat it on. I, I, forgot like what the there are like four settings. Like I know the the last setting in Halo was like Insanity, and like right. once you beat it on Insanity, it's just like, holy, like it literally you get to the you get to the end game, and it's just like, oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. Like it, it's again, like it's just. A lot of like a lot of games, especially the live service games, there's not really even like difficulties anymore. Um, right. It just it is what it is. Obviously, like certain things like I know, like certain open world games, you can like increase the difficulty just like, with, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you do a certain task or whatever. But I think that's, again, something that's sort of, you know, that's sort of lost like the um, that sort of idea of like, all right, well, you've, you've gotten through this. Let's crank up the difficulty and try it again.
1: Well, yeah, especially I like to play a lot of single player experience games, you know, like you're, you're God of Wars, Horizon Zero Dawn, things yeah. like that. Right. And it's, it's just uh, I, I thought it was always kind of interesting where it's like, well, I can put this at a very hard difficulty and challenge myself. But if it's too overwhelming, I'm going to just turn it down partway through the game and then turn yeah. it back up again. Yeah. And, you know, back back in the day when you started a campaign like in hard mode, like in Halo, for instance, like
0: I don't think you could do that. I think you had to start all over again. You did. If you if you change the difficulty, you had to start all over. Mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know anyway i don't know it's just one of those what are those like weird things that just sort of like really kind of became apparent to me um mm-hmm. especially with like the way um sports games now you like you like literally just like it never ends like you don't it, it, like you know you play like one you know you have like a character or whatever and play a career and literally you can mm. just like continuously play the game and it's like man this just doesn't end <laughs> like it's yeah i don't know so let's let's move into let's move into video games now and our, and our relationship with them currently. So um how would you describe your relationship with gaming now? Like what what has changed or maybe nothing has changed. I mean, you tell me. Like how is how is as an adult too. You are like 31 now, right? Yep, you got it. 31. How how do you as a 31-year-old kind of you know, manage your time with games and everything else? yeah man good
1: question so like at this point there you know there's so many franchises that i love and that i have nostalgia for but that i don't necessarily stay engaged with and i'm very selective about what games i decide to put my time and energy mm-hmm. into because you know when i was younger i might be like well this game that's going to take you know maybe potentially 50 60 hours to get through end game and all the things i wanted to get through the side quests and whatnot yeah, I can get that done in a couple of weeks, because I have nothing going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's like now, I'm like, well, this might take a few months, uh, because yep. I just don't have as much time, and so I'm, I'm very selective with what I play now, and how I go about playing, and I'm, I'm less interested in multiplayer experiences, myself personally, and more so into really well told um, single player experiences, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I'll, I'll probably get into that here a little bit later on, I think that's in the following question, I probably will roll into that a bit, but Yes yeah, that that that's that's a lot of how I've kind of prioritized myself and Honestly, I, I wake up very early in the morning, like most days, like between 4 and 5 a.m. And I usually hop online about seven thirty, eight o'clock for work. But that's because I had to wake up, make breakfast. But then for like an hour and a half, two hours, I'm literally just gaming to wake up and like immerse myself a bit into like the world and uh, do things I don't have time to do later in the day. Mm-hmm. And I know that might sound psychotic, but I don't know, man. That's just like my peaceful time. <laughs> it is in the yep. morning where I'm mm-hmm. making that time for myself because I have to make that time for myself. Um so I'd say that's a big part of it. I would also say, though, too, is that while I do spend less time gaming, I'd say that I'm way more aware of the industry itself now in terms of, like, gaming news, layoffs that happen yeah. in the industry, scandals, things like that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. way more attentive to that and because it, the information is so much more readily accessible. And you know, I listen to podcasts like Kind of Funny Gamescast or Games Daily, and that's where I get a lot of my gaming news. I, um On YouTube, in the background, I put on channels like Did You Know Gaming or uh gamers with spells with a B and 7a uh but you know they do really good stuff and really good history stuff and whatnot and that that stuff is so interesting to me to be able to see the industry side of things whereas mm-hmm. when i was a kid yeah maybe when i was a kid it was more like the lord of the games itself but now i'm like way more interested in like the actual effort and time and energy that goes into making these games
0: oh for sure uh i'm 100 the same way i actually i follow a couple of um a couple of like dedicated gaming writers And Mm -hmm. this one guy, uh, Paul Tassi, Um, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but yeah, he's um, he's kind of like your open world multi multiplayer game, kind of like expert. Um, That's Mm -hmm. generally what he's writing about. And like, it's really interesting sort of seeing how like um, just for an example, uh, Bungie is is releasing Marathon next year, I think, or maybe it's this fall which is um was like one of their original games back in the 90s. And mm. um I think it's I think it's just a multiplayer game but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um but it was very interesting how like he's been following this the last couple of years noting that the that Bungie had moved a bunch of their staffers who worked on the multiplayer side of Destiny to and at, the, at that point in time they didn't know what the project was they just knew they were moving to a new project. And it's right. really interesting how he he had chronicled Um, you know, like, like, look, nothing, nothing has changed in the multiplayer in Destiny since all of those people were moved to a new project, which is now Marathon. So, like, that sort of, like, industry-level stuff is really fascinating to see how those, you know, you move 10, 20 people over to an entirely different game. The game that they were previously working on suffers. And it's, like, stuff Mm -hmm. that I just, like, I, like, I ever would have cared about that when I was 13. But, like... I do care about it now because it's shit that I notice.
1: Right. Especially when so many games now are like games as a service where they're constantly being worked on and updated and Mm -hmm. whatnot. I think that there is a lot more news about, you know, what the crunch looks like for that or what Mm -hmm. the resources and allocation looks like for that. And, you know, as folks like you and I that are very interested in, you know, how the, how the sausage is made, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff's so, so fascinating to learn about and just to uh, get a bit more of a behind the curtain kind of view from these insiders. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So I'm with you on that one. Um, and I am sort of, uh, you know, I, I obviously we have like a lot of commonalities here in terms of like mm-hmm. not having the same amount of time and stuff like that. Um, I am very much a filthy casual. Um, now like mm-hmm. I just, like you, like you said, like, I just don't have the same kind of time to, to sit and like, I, you know, I miss entire like weeks, you know, events and stuff that are happening in games. Cause I just like, you know, I have to like make money now. So like, I, <laughs> as it turns out, that's very important to do. Um, right. Didn't really care when I was 12 or 13, but like, you know, like, there's just like, I, I just have like a lot of stuff to do. Um, you know, I have to make time for other stuff, like going to the gym um, other mental health priority things like that. Um, just like supersede gaming. So like I am very much a filthy casual in that regard. And and like you, I, I used to there was a point in time where I'd probably buy six to seven games a year, maybe. So right. that might have been that might have been like top end. But I think I now buy I, I actually not including like expansions and stuff, I probably buy one or two games every more like sixteen to eighteen months it's just like I just don't like it is one of those things it's like well shit this game seems interesting but it seems like there's such a time commitment to it that I'm just not even going to bother yeah yeah, go
1: ahead oh sorry I was going to say it sounds like that from from what I'm gathering that you play a lot of like continuous games like games of the service type styles Yeah. Yeah. where like yeah where's that the 16 months click makes sense and I, I do play some of those sometimes, but I, I'm I play a lot of like I said like you know single player experiences. So I'd mm-hmm. say yeah, my gaming that I buy is probably way less than it was. But I'd say I'm probably buying maybe like three to four a year, mm-hmm. um, whether it's digital or physical. Um, and some of those are just games that are just in my backlog that I just scoop up because they're cheap and I never touch. You know?
0: Right, right, right. I gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So like, there's actually I think like the last game I bought was I. Yeah, last game I bought was um, MLB The Show because that updates Mm. every single year, and they've you know like that's just you just have to buy the new one, I guess. Um, But like I I kind of got out on I got out on buying Call of Duty regularly, simply because um, simply because like it, it seems like it depends on who makes the game. I think the game is split over two different studios. If I'm if I'm correct, if I'm recalling this correctly and sometimes that causes really wild variance in the single player quality. Um the you know the multiplayer is kind of always the same whatever but I I have bought Call of Duty games where like the single player experience is just crappy. And it's it's quick, you get through it, it's not very interesting and it's like, well shit. Like it, this was a waste um when I could have just, you know, I, when I could have just bought into um you know whatever you know the the call of duty um you know multiplayer version instead um so yeah that's that's like one of the things that i'm kind of out on um and and like i think you know i don't know about you like i've done i've done more mobile gaming in recent years simply because that's just like much more convenient to have something like if i do have 20 to 30 minutes i can just like pick up my phone and, and play something there
1: yeah, no, I, I do not on that. I used to be into mobile gaming, but more so like when I was like in college, like 10 years ago or so, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like later part of college. But yeah, there's definitely some value in mobile gaming, especially when it just is free to play ones that you can just waste some time on real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I, it's, it's weird, like, <laughs> like complaining about not having time, but then like I'll waste like 10 minutes playing some like pool game or something on my phone because I'm fucking bored.
1: right you're like man i swear to god i'm gonna play quick game of cutthroat and then i'm done (laughs)
0: yeah so all right so when you think about um when you think about how gaming has changed for the better like let's Mm -hmm. erase don't, don't worry about like graphics obviously that's gotten better that gets better year to year um the ease of the gameplay obviously gets better year to year like so besides that obvious stuff how has gaming changed for the better
1: yeah dude gaming for the for the better for me um i mean i'm not sure if this necessarily goes into gameplay or grips. i don't think it does stop me if it does but mm-hmm. uh for me i would say the storylines now that there's more mm-hmm. like resources and there's these bigger studios dude some of these games and the storylines and the plot like they're not just like quick like hey save the princess and kill this bad guy like they really go in a lot of different directions mm-hmm. and really pull you in like Man, I played Last of Us uh, Part Two and or Last of Us Two, and I remember I knocked out that whole game in a weekend, like 26 hours, like when it came out. And that game fucking messed with me, man. It, really, it, it I'd never felt so much emotion playing a game before, and it's just amazing, like what, what goes into game development nowadays, especially with gameplay, uh, not gameplay, but with voice acting, with plot, mm-hmm. with, um, really the attention to detail when it comes to the storytelling of the games. And for me, that has been just. Amazing to to experience. Um, now, granted, there are some a games that come out, and you're like, "What? Who? Who put this together?" Like, oh yeah, like, for sure. Like like a five year old's recollection of their dream, and they just kept saying "I'm um, a lot" during, and we just got where we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but the storyline for sure and the plot, like for for me. But also, to another big thing I do want to uh, point out, and this could be kind of in the gameplay, but I think it is an important call out. Is just the effect that uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to me, but the fact that accessibility is increasing so much, I yeah. think is amazing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, with, um, you know, with people who are colorblind or people that maybe right. you know might need special controls or mm-hmm. enlarged graphics, large text, things like that. And it, I think that that's awesome to see and how, uh, just, just how that's on the horizon right now, how it's really being prioritized in a lot of AAA gaming.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Like the, the accessibility thing is so important too. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine... I couldn't imagine, like when I was a kid, kids with certain like certain disabilities, how Mm -hmm. difficult it would have been to control like a small Nintendo controller, like how hard that would have been. And the you know, like like you mentioned, like the colorblind thing is something that like really, um, you know, would be really really difficult to manage in older games that kind of had very um, you know, that had like that had very simplistic color palettes and patterns. Like the game could almost look invisible to certain people. Um mm-hmm. so like for sure this is a huge, huge step um, in making games more accessible to everyone was like so fucking important. Uh, and it's really great. Um uh but yeah, yeah, so I agree with you there. I don't I don't think that has to do with like the you know, the graphics or anything like that. Um I will um I'm gonna pick up on something here that mm-hmm. since since you mentioned narrative, I think this is kind of goes with it. Because we've increased how, um, or we've we've increased the how well stories are told in video mm. games, that that has really opened up the different types of video games that never would have existed when we were kids. Like The Last of Us could not exist, even if the technology existed to make a game look like that. If we were still dealing with storylines that we had when we were kids, that game cannot get made at all. Oh, no, there's not at all. no way you could write characters like that without, you know, there's just no way we get to that point without, like, diversifying, again, like, the with such a diversified types of games, you can't get there, though, without, like, writing really solid narratives. I mean, quite frankly, some of the best characters in fiction in the last, like, 20 years have come out of video games, like, 100%. Just, like, thinking oh, yeah. about... Think I mean, there's a reason why Last of Us translated so easily to TV. Because the characters are so damn well written. Um, there's a reason why there's a reason why um the Master Chief is such a pop pop culture icon because of everything that went into writing that character and writing the lore for that story. Right? Like it is right. so important and because we have this because we have these like much more extensive narratives and more interesting characters we have games that just could not have existed 30 years ago um in in terms of obviously graphics but in terms of just the types of games these things could not have existed a long time ago yeah no i 100 um, agree with you on that um how about this real and just like a little bonus here how much better is the music in games like oh wildly better right so- so much better. I mean, unless
1: we're talking about the Kingdom of Hearts theme song, then like I'll challenge <laughs> you on that one. No, but yeah, so widely better. I mean, I, I think that just comes, you know, with studios getting bigger and they'll have more licensing options, though, too. But also the fact, you know, that, that it's not just 8 bit beep, boop, pop, boop, like right. for, you know, for uh, for like a Super Mario level. But yeah, the, 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 the gaming voice, soundtracks and just yeah, music in general. I mean, people are creating orca- orchestral music. For games, you know, like God of War, for instance, mm-hmm. like I play God of War Ragnarok, and dude, the soundtrack and that for a lot of the scenes and like environments is just so amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's actual like composed music, as if you know, as if it was being made for a movie, which is mm-hmm. just like fantastic. Like I, it, I mean, and it's you know, obviously, like in some games, it's you know, it's like thinking like a Madden or something like that. You get like an actual soundtrack with like different tracks or whatever, but like. Right. So, I mean, that's obviously a step up, but definitely I'm thinking more like, like you said, like with God of War Ragnarok, um, you know, the music in Destiny, the music from Halo, um, mm-hmm. one of like, I mean, it's actual music and like one of my favorite one of my favorites, uh, currently, this has like become like a, a lifting staple for me is the Doom Eternal soundtrack. It is fucking intense. And you know, it's, because it's like, you know, because it's video game music, it's lyricless, but it has like, and the songs are longer and they have kind of like a natural like up tempo, down tempo, up tempo, down tempo that fits a yeah. workout really well. Mm. And, it, and just like I'm thinking about that, I'm like, I'm like, could you imagine trying to, could you imagine trying to like lift to the Tech Mobile soundtrack playing in the background? <laughs> no, not at all. You know but... what I mean? Like there's just no fucking way
1: yeah and, and you do bring up a good point yeah dude hey uh doom 2016 when i p- picked that up because i was like on super sale on digital i was like what the fuck like the music plays so well with the action and the shooting and then doom eternal especially as well um but uh, related to that have you ever heard of a game called metal hellsinger i have not Okay. So it's on like, you know, your, your modern consoles It came out on um, September 15th of last year. I'm just looking at it here, mm-hmm. which is why I know, but it's came out last year in 2022. And it's a doom eternal style game that has heavy metal tracks over it. And you have to shoot in rhythm to the music
0: okay that actually and, sounds pretty
1: awesome dude it's so fucking cool like i would highly recommend it it's i don't think it's that expensive or that pricey especially because it's been out for a minute in this uh, independent mm-hmm. studio um but yeah it's called metal hellsinger and it's like a doom style game but you have to but it's like a
0: rhythm-based shooting game that is pretty fucking cool actually i like that a lot yeah. that's awesome
1: mm-hmm.
0: so do you think anything has changed for the worse in gaming yeah man like these games that
1: come out I don't buy games day 1 anymore like I never I never very rarely mm-hmm. buy a game day 1 unless it's like a franchise that I absolutely trust you know like a last of us or like the Spider-Man games by Insomniac mm-hmm. or, things, or God of War you know like but I'm so hesitant to buy games that come out day one, especially when it's a new game that doesn't have any previous franchise history or studio affiliation. That's just, you know, a studio is just putting out a game just because. Because you, you get the game, and you don't know if it's going to be broken or not. I mean, yep. like, for instance, I'm, I'm so glad. I, mean, I want to play the game. I never played Cyberpunk, but I'm so glad I didn't get into cyberpunk hype when it came out because that was a fucking nightmare mm-hmm. for everyone involved and i know that was a weird transition between the last gen and the current gen consoles you know and that's why they were having issues that's part of it yeah yeah but but still like, like you can't you can't trust it by game day one anymore because you don't know how it's gonna do and i i rely so heavily on reviews nowadays anyways and i would i would hate to get burned by a game that paid 60 bucks now nowadays 70 bucks for it the new price point you know
0: yep it's so kind of kind of circling back to like the industry level stuff like how, like it's very obvious that almost that most games are I shouldn't say most but a lot of games especially with these these sort of highly anticipated titles they're coming mm-hmm. out and they're broken they are not yeah. finished they're not ready for like i mean they are and, and we're talking they're like months away from truly being ready to get to market. And, but, but they, you know, obviously they want to get it out fast, as fast as they can, because then they have to start selling you expansions. The microtransactions, right. all, all, I don't even want to get into microtransactions, because that's changed gaming way for the worse. Um, it, <laughs> it, like, we can get into that, but, um, right. actually we might. Um, like, yeah, so many games just ship broken and, like, basically, it, it's almost like, God damn it! Did someone did someone test this before you fucking packaged it and sent it out for sale? It's it's insane. You're right. the cyberpunk thing is one of the perfect examples. There's mm. a, there was another one um called Anthem. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that one. I that, remember that one. Yeah, that game was broken right away, and I believe I believe in the course. I think this year they're going to take it's like online servers down. So like that game effectively is born and died in like under three years. Which is insane. Yeah. And that and that game was so hyped. I remember mm-hmm. everyone being so excited about it. And it
1: was one of the biggest flops of like the current general Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one's that one's rough.
0: Yeah, very rough. Um you know, and like, you know, and, and you kind of you do kind of feel bad for the people that are involved in making it, because you know you know that if they you know that if these people programming and, and designing these games had their way, these things would come out on much with much longer windows uh, of time in between each expansion, each new game, you know, it would take much longer to get these things out. Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't blame the developers when things like that happen
1: by any means because right. they're, they're, they're doing their job to get the game out, you know, but there, it's not their call when the game comes out they mm-hmm. can put in their input and say, Hey, the game's not ready, but you know, when it comes to putting your foot to the pedal and they have to get it out the door, I feel bad for them when their name's attached to something that they yep. know is just a half finished product.
0: Yep. Yep. And, and, oh, that's, this actually is going to tail nicely into what I was going to talk about. Um, And because of the way, because of like a lot of these game developers are on social media, like um, Bungie has like a, has like a weekly, like they have like a weekly uh, blog post and they also Mm -hmm. post stuff on Twitter all the time because these people are these developers are much more accessible now. um, People are, people like immediately want to gripe with them. And I, right. I think this is part and parcel of, um, I, this, again, this is not every single gamer, but I think a lot of people in the gaming community have become much meaner than they used to be, um, because of the sort of anonymity of whether it's lurking online and social media and harassing people that work for, you know, whether it's Bungie or Raven studios, doesn't fucking matter. Any of these, any of these companies, Activision, right. whatever, um, it's just easy to like harass these people because something you like doesn't work. Um, I think it's I think it's also really easy in game because of, you know, as we talked about before, like if you and I wanted to play Halo together with like six or eight other people, we'd to stick our Xboxes together and then like run everything to different screens. So like we were right. all together. and if we wanted to talk shit, we had to talk we'd yell into other rooms at each other. but <laughs> the the way that everything is so easily interconnected now, I think a lot of I think a lot of people gaming forget that there are actual human beings on the other side of their of their characters and their avatars. And mm-hmm. I think this also just goes with you know with like this development stuff. I think people forget that like actual human beings are spending sometimes like 90 hours a week trying to get a game ready. And like I just think a lot of gamer culture has just become a lot meaner.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and these developers are doing overtime hours they're not getting paid for you know or maybe making 50 to 60k a year mm-hmm. and are just their their lives are making that game like they're they're just so underpaid in some cases, not all cases by many means mm-hmm. but man yeah you really gotta really gotta just think about you know what situation they're in i think that definitely gets overlooked a lot
0: for sure for sure there are every everyone has a master in in these types of industries and it it's not like these people who have dedicated who have spend a lot of time presumably becoming programmers and game designers and and everything else that goes into it, I'm sure they're not, like, intentionally putting out a shitty game. Oh, yeah. No, they're definitely not. And sometimes they're forced to use um, in-house
1: gaming engines that they're not supposed, that they don't want to use because they're inferior. Like, I remember Mm -hmm. hearing stories of, like, Blizzard, for instance, um, making people use their in-house gaming engine, which I, I forgot what it's called. It's, like, Frost or something like that. Yeah. But um, and and they're like no we want to use the unreal, unreal. engine because uh, that's unreal superior. Runs all types of shit <laughs> cuz it's right way right you're like they're like no we you use our proprietary in-house engine that's not as good
0: <laughs> and that doesn't make any sense mhm mhm uh, it's nuts so what do you okay so is there anything that you feel has stayed the same over your you know 25 plus years gaming anything that has stayed the same from your childhood to now
1: yeah man for me i would say definitely like the the franchise loyalty you know mm-hmm. i mean like in the the nostalgia in a way that we feel connected like to those characters like in the games you know whether it be if for me for instance you know like i'm always gonna be a zelda fan a new zelda comes out i don't care how kiddish it is i'm mm-hmm. gonna fucking buy it i'm gonna play it um and that's because the nostalgia is always there for me and like and, and i definitely have that franchise loyalty right and mm-hmm. um I, the excitement's still there for me when when I enjoy getting a game that comes out, you know, as a new release, as a follow up, and that's something that's just always gonna be similar for me when it comes to things. And being able to have you know actually disposable income to buy those things is nice though, too. <laughs> Very true. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'd say that like the, the the same way that I felt, you know, watching like a, a polygonal like 3D game that by nowadays standards is terrible graphics mm-hmm. but back then was you know mind-blowing um and having those same like amazement moments like i still have those amazement mm-hmm. moments now you know with new technology and you know it, it very much so makes me feel like a kid at times because i'm still having those same like wow moments mm-hmm. you know i did when i was a kid or those like same like holy shit i can't believe they did this mm-hmm. um so whether the technology is better now like i mean it definitely is but compared to back then, I'm still having those moments I did as a kid where it's able to take me away to a different place and able to, you know, I'm just focusing on that world for that moment. And I think that having that innocence in a way is still very nice to have, you know, because it still gives you that escape.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I 100% completely concur. I, I thought of this as having that, like, that sense, like, the first time you you open a game or, you know, you put the game in and, like, you're, you're getting to that first loading screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that sort of sense of, like, anticipation of, like, what's to come has literally stayed the same from the first time I played the original Legend of Zelda to now, like, the most recent time where I loaded up um, Call of Duty Vanguard or whatever the hell I bought most recently. Right. Um, it's Like, it's still there. And it's been there for, like, 30-plus years and i just don't think i think when i'm 60 um and buying by the way video games are going to rock when we're fucking 60
1: like dude, we are going to just be tied to a chair where our, where our bodies are yep. offline but our brains are engaged and we're just going to be you know we're going to have a machine that feeds us and one that you know we poop
0: into and we're going to just be in a gaming world our whole life <laughs> fine by me absolutely fine yeah. especially if like I, my legs don't work or something when i'm really old um right. fine by me but like I'll still have that same, like you said, like the same sort of like feeling of like just the enjoyment of like starting something new. Especially like I, I really need to get back into like like you're into. I need to get back into more of like the single person, um, mm-hmm. single person experience games because those do tend to have like a you know like you do tend to get immersed and kind of feel like you're a part of the story more so than some of the more open like a more so than like a Borderlands or like a Fallout or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. but you're right. That sense of that sense of uh, that newness and that, like that cracking into something like the anticipation of that is still the same. And I think it will always be there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and also too, I think that part of, from my childhood to now, you know, like I said, like, you know, that friend connection and that camaraderie and like, I'm thinking very specifically when COVID first hit, you know, back in March, Mm -hmm. 2020. And I remember that. Yeah. I remember something about that. You were there. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but one thing was, like, is that that's, like, when... Basically, when Warzone came out, and I mm, was... Yeah. I was balls deep in the Warzone for, like, a few months there because my buddies and I were playing it all the time, and then there was that, and then it went into... Uh, rolled into Among Us um, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 yeah, and just just playing games like that, like, I had a bit more of that um, when COVID hit because no one was going out anywhere more we doing anything, and I, I just... I had... Those moments again, like where I felt like a kid again because I was playing with my buddies, you know, and even though we were in separate houses, like it felt like that we were in the same room again, and so mm-hmm. that was cool.
0: No, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, you know, it's it's weird. Like, um, I actually, I actually leaned a little bit farther away from video games during the uh, during the lockdowns, and I just like got more into movies and stuff, and mm. like I, I don't know, I really don't know why, um, especially considering. Like, I had an endless amount of time to play them if I wanted to. And for some reason, I just wasn't. But I, yeah, like, it's it's definitely, I'm sure that a lot of people um, who were, you know, who were childhood gamers, I'm sure that a lot of people rediscovered their, their love for gaming and some of the camaraderie and stuff uh, during the pandemic. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, what else did you have to do?
1: Right. And I I've like, played so many games when it first happened and now I'm playing significantly less and that's because things have just worn off, you know? hmm Yeah.
0: All right. So we got to wrap up here with a couple of top threes. Um, and you know, we can, you don't have, to, we don't have to like go real deep into this, but you know, if you want to get a little explanation or whatever, um, right. we'll, we'll get into it. So we're going to start off top three games from your youth that you want new versions of. So it like don't think of like you know you know you don't want a continuation of you just want like a new version of this exact game that came out when mm-hmm. you were a kid. So, what are your top three?
1: Yeah, man, I thought about this and it, it came to mind like it came to mind last, but it's actually been my first one. Okay, um, you ever you ever play Comic Zone? I have not. No. Oh, dude, it was on Sega Genesis. All right, like look this game up, maybe even watch a trailer or something. Like, but basically, you you it, it was Sega Genesis. You were this artist, like this buff artist for some reason, this nerdy buff artist. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at it like, right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You're the comic book artist. And basically, like, there's like an evil character that zaps you into your own comics. And you have to fight through your game panel by panel. And you're fighting these different creatures and different like enemies from the comics that you made. And you can choose what direction to go through the comic panels. And it was such a fun game. It was the toughest game. To this day, I've ever played. I've never beaten it 100%. I've never gotten to the very end and rolled credits. But, dude, this game, if you have, like, an emulator Peggle, or something like that, you can probably even play it online somewhere in a browser, I bet. Mm-hmm. But this game was it, – it still holds up, I would say, honestly. It was an intense game, and I would that, – that's, that's my top one that I want to
0: remake of. To oh, these, I'm looking uh, – uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this right now. One, it looks awesome. Like, this is super unique for the time. And good news, Greg. You this is available on Google Play. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, I know what I'm gonna do with the rest of my day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I, they can definitely make that into like a roguelike or something now. I bet mm-hmm. you know where they could they revamp the the scheme. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but then the two I was thinking after that. Um, you know, like I said before at the top of the episode, I was a big Pokemon kid as a you know growing up, and so. You know they've done some remakes here and there, but I want like a true like 3D like Pokemon Gold remake. So okay. yeah, you know, that's, like the, that's like the second generation. Mm-hmm. That's because that I mean that's arguably one of the best generations that came out, and I won't nerd out about it and bore you, but <laughs> that would be a cool one. And another game that gets a lot of that it's a cult classic, I think, but it also gets a lot of negativity. But I would love to see it because I played so much of this as a kid. Was Donkey Kong 64.
0: Oh, dude, yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Love like, Donkey they Kong 64.
1: Just, yeah, if they could just revamp that, you know, to today, I would absolutely play that.
0: Oh, for sure. I I would, that would be one of those ones that, like, I would, if, if they announced tomorrow that, that on, on PS5 they're going to have a Donkey Kong, it, literally any kind of Donkey Kong game, but, like, I'd be there for it because I fucking love that game. Love that game. Oh, yeah, for sure good choice excellent choices i gotta check out comic zone now because that like i i can't believe that it's something that got past me because that that definitely would have been in my wheelhouse when i was younger oh um, dude i would it, it still holds up i would say to this day i'd highly recommend okay that. okay yeah i'll have to check it out for sure excellent choices um I'll, I'll, I'll go reverse order here for mine um one of my one of my favorites i used to play <clears throat> i used to play with my with my buddy uh rj for some reason we were the only two that played this game uh, in our like our friend group but whatever Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, the original one. Um, mm. It just there's just something fun about about just going through this map and just slaughtering these angry dinosaurs and like going through portals and stuff. Um, the second game, Seeds of Evil, whatever. I, I just thinking about like the simple the simple fun of this game with advanced graphics, and advanced gameplay. Now would just be a lot of fun. Um, it'd be horrifically violent. Um, like <laughs> the, I, I remember, like how, especially from the first game to the second game, how crazy the violence got in the second game. Like you, right. do you do you remember the some of the weaponry from the second game? Uh, I don't think I do. No, there is a I can't remember exactly what it's called the 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 cere- the cerebor I think, and it like shot a projectile that latched onto the head of your target drilled into it and then exploded the head off and (laughs) (laughs) right I'm thinking about that I'm like wow that would be really violent to put in a game now but I think the simple fun of Turok would be a lot of fun now with some advanced graphics and stuff Uh, so that's like my my number three number two I mentioned it previously um, TMNT 2 Teenage Ninja Turtles 2 the arcade game I would love to have an updated an updated first person, or you know, I guess third person, or maybe even over the shoulder kind of brawler, where we just we're just gonna go straight through in this story, beat up, beat Rocksteady, beat up, bebop, beat up, beat um, up, Krang, beat up, Shredder. Um, that game was so much fun; it would be a, it would be a blast to have it updated. And then, uh, mm-hmm. as we've mentioned a couple of times, I would love to play. Essentially, if you could take. If you could take the the world and like the, the way that they've updated the, the way that destiny is is made and then port Ocarina of Time into that game, I would oh. probably spend my entire life playing that game. I would quit Dude, my job and dope. just play an advanced Ocarina of Time.
1: That'd be yeah, if they if they beefed that up and made it like more open world and just Yeah, that'd be pretty cool.
0: That'd be really cool. Um that's that still stands as like that still stands as like maybe it's got, it's in my top three games of all time period. Um, over yeah. of time, like I would, it's one of those things like, I'm like, should I, I, I think my parents have my old N64 and it's like one mm-hmm. of those, like, should I like go see if, I'm sure that game still works as cartridges are like bulletproof, basically. Um, oh, yeah. like, I'm like, just kind of like maybe I should like go play that game again and find it. It. it but yeah, Ocarina of time, like it's easy. Like in my top three games,
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And just just quick side note: Have you heard of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kawabunga collection? I have not. No. Oh, dude, it came out like a like not too long ago, but a Kawabunga collection that has like ten or eleven of the, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games on it. Oh no shit! And it's it's like thirty bucks. Um, and they're like kind of like resed up a little bit, I think, for uh, you know, current day consoles. But you might want to check that out?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now um yeah actually came out last year so yeah oh for sure yeah i i teenage mutant ninja turtles i was a a little bit too big of a fan when i was a kid let's just put it that way (laughs) no that's fair i was going through a bunch of like my old
1: like uh wrestling action figures when i was home and for some reason in there was uh the triceratops from teenage mutant ninja turtles oh nice. the the orange one you know i'm talking about Mm -hmm. i don't know what his Mm -hmm. name was but i had to look it up i was like man where did this come from it was like missing a tail and everything but
0: yeah, man, good times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now, how about top three games you think you'll still be playing twenty years from now? Yeah,
1: good question. So when I thought about this one, um, for me, it was like I, I don't know if I'm actually even playing like, the actual title game, you know, <laughs> sure, twenty sure. years from now. But I can definitely think of like franchises I still like to see twenty years from now that I still want to be playing. Um, the Legend of Zelda series, hands down, hundred mm-hmm. percent, number one. I mean, if they never made another one, I would probably play the current one, Tears of the Kingdom, again in the future, because dude, that game is so insane, Bagel. I've been putting so much time into that. People have been putting two hundred hours into that and still Jeez. not completed everything. And it's not it's not even like a continuous, you know, service game. It's just mm-hmm. a single player open world game. There's so much to do. It's so ridiculous. But <laughs> Jeez. that game that game for sure. Um I'd love to see the God of War series keep going, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years from now. I'd definitely keep going on that for sure. Um, but also, one in here, to kind of put it in its own category, uh, I'd like to see more, like, roguelike RPGs,
0: like Hades, for instance, mm, uh, 20 okay. years from now. You, you ever heard of Hades? I feel like I'm going to Google it now. I feel like I have. Like, it's, that sounds familiar. So, but keep going.
1: It's honestly one of the best games I've ever played in my whole life. And it was created by... by um, Oh, man, who was it created by is uh, anyways that 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 doesn't matter. Uh,
0: but I'm looking I mean, at it. I, I'm I'm not familiar with this game, but I have seen this game before. yeah
1: yeah, just roguelike RPGs man like they're just so easy to play just mm-hmm. like quick you pick them up and just in the background and for me, I definitely want to keep up with stuff like that in the future when it comes to games like that that I can just sink some quick time into you know 30 minutes, 20 minutes at a time put mm-hmm. down and then continue on from my day. Um, because you know, if I don't have time now, I don't think I'm gonna have a lot of time in twenty years from now either. Right, so. Probably not. I mean, I mean, who knows? By then, maybe an EMP is gonna take out all of North America, anyways. You don't have to worry about games. It's a good point. But... I was gonna say I
0: probably should have put that caveat in this question, assuming that society doesn't collapse <laughs> right before then. <laughs> yeah. No, good call. Good call, though. Um, yeah, um, I think I think Legend of Zelda is like you're safe. Like they're gonna keep making those until right. until like until whatever's left of Nintendo in twenty years goes out of business completely, right? So you're you're safe on that one. Um, good choices though, excellent choices. Um, so I, I will start with one that I played as a kid, and I actually recently started. I recently picked it up again. Um, it's like in a slightly different version now, a slightly different form now. But uh, SimCity, I. Oh. I, I was obsessed with SimCity as a kid and it's weird. I'm much better as an adult at this game of city management than I was when I was 12. Shocking. Um, my cities just would collapse when I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, right. Just, you know, because like, what kid cares about like, you know, infrastructure management and like plumbing and sewers and stuff. Um, <laughs> but like as an adult, I'm much better at that. Um, so like I've, I've right. been playing it more recently um I just like I just bring it up on my iPad and play when I have like when I do have like some idle time. It doesn't mm-hmm. take up too much of my uh, it doesn't take up too much attention. like you can literally play it like once or twice a day and like keep up with it. right. So I'm sure I'll still be playing that in some form 20 years from now. So simCities start there. um i'll I'll just I'll just say in general, i'll be I'll probably always play some kind of sports simulation game. Be it Madden, um, NBA, Two K, the show, whatever. There's those are like really convenient games in terms of like if you don't again if like you, there's like there's like online there's like online parts to it you know you can do online competitions and there are like challenges and stuff but like each right. one of these games has like its own individual path so like if you just don't feel like playing for a couple of weeks or you don't have the time to play for a couple of weeks you're never gonna miss mm-hmm. out on anything so right. I, I think I'll always in some way shape or form play some kind of sports simulator and then i'm certain that while i haven't bought a call of duty game in a couple of years i'm sure over the next two decades i will on and off buy call of duty and get into certain parts of it because like you said like warzone's a lot of fun um or at least it used to be a lot of fun i it's there's some issues with people cheating and all kinds of other shit but whatever um but like every now and every now and then like every now and then in the call of duty series you get something like a modern warfare which is fucking awesome like those games really those modern warfare games really kicked ass um and i'm sure sometime in the next few years they're gonna drop another one that is of that quality and i'll pick it up for sure
1: yeah man absolutely and like what, what the call of duty games too like i remember call of duty 2 my dad and i used to play it uh-huh. all the time like on mm-hmm. several computers we we're we were in we were in a in a clan together, you know, like not oh, like yeah. no, like, not like the clan, but like a clan <laughs> together. I'm <laughs> glad, I'm glad you clarified that for everyone. Right, 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 and like, uh, yeah, we we're like one of those nerdy ones that where it was like tactical realism, you know, where like you had to mm-hmm. like play like certain types of rules and stuff. And dude, I remember those campaigns were so good, and the campaigns dipped in quality over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have PlayStation Plus, and I, one of the games for July was Call of Duty Cold War, so I'm looking forward to hopping mm-hmm. back into that and see how that campaign is.
0: Cold. I remember Cold War's campaign being interesting. Like, okay. yeah, I, I don't. I'm trying to. If I'm, I might be conflating this one, but I think it's kind of an interesting campaign because it's like in the 80s, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. I I like when they when they do do those kind of detours away from, you know, the, the typical World War II or whatever. I, I do like when they have some detours, but like the one with the one that had like Jon Snow that had Kit Harrington in it. That was completely forgettable. Um, oh, oh, I didn't know that there was one with Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> Call Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, I think, is the one with Jon Snow. Oh, um, really? I have no idea. Yeah, that feels correct. And then there was, like, some of the later Black Ops ones that I played were just, like, garbage. Like, I mean, the the multiplayer was fine, but the story was just, like, who gives a shit? Um, I, like, don't even remember it all, so
1: right and the story's just in there's like an afterthought now so <laughs> it
0: really it, which is which is like disappointing because like again like some of like thinking of like modern the modern warfare series especially like modern warfare 3 or no modern warfare 2 i think was like the mm-hmm. real standout one like that is a great story um that's that's the that, that's the one where the united states gets gets invaded um right like that's a really fun single player campaign and it's just you know it just seems like about every it seems about like every three to four releases you get one of those really high quality story ones from from call of duty yeah i mean as long as they
1: don't make another one with kevin spacey and i think they'll be okay
0: (laughs) i think i think we don't have to worry about seeing kevin spacey outside of a courtroom like pretty much ever again that's cool i'm fine with that (laughs) (laughs) all right so that that wraps it up is there anything else you want to you want to bring up real quickly or mention real quickly
1: yeah, man. I mean, I just, I'm just looking forward, like you said, you know, seeing like what video games, you know, are, you know, in like 10, 15, 20 years. Like I could only imagine where we're going to be at that point, you know, when we're on like the, you know, the PS 10 and the Xbox infinite, whatever they call it mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, we're call it at that point, you know, they're just going to stop using numbers at some point. <laughs> Pretty um, much. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to, I, I, I'd i like to see, though, in the future, definitely more opportunities where more AAA studios are able to do things like enable cross-play and things like that. I think that's been an yeah. awesome thing where, you know, your Xbox, your PC, your PlayStation, you can all play together so that way you're not you and your friends aren't segmented by console loyalties, if you will, you know, or console like appeal. And also I think that we're going to see a lot of interesting things come out with like TVs and stuff in the future, you know, with like a Microsoft game pass or Xbox or or PlayStation now or things Mm -hmm. like that. I think that as technology becomes more advanced and streaming becomes quicker and more efficient and, you know, there's less data involved with downloading and whatnot. I'm really interested to see what happens and, what new devices we get in the future that are flops, but also are just going to be innovative and make things a lot easier.
0: Oh, for sure. 100% for sure. I think in the future, we might actually get to use a BFG 9,000. Um, uh, they yeah, just give you the we- weapons and like, like, yeah, just, just go out there and shoot it at the screen. It'll be fine.
1: Right. And then when we blow up ourselves and we wake up again in a new Android body that we have on backup,
0: that, that would be awesome. That'd be the best <laughs> there. I, I do often wonder like if, if we ever like get to some kind of level of like um you know west world consciousness being able to like move consciousness around if like we really will just play a call of, we'll just shoot each other because like, <laughs> it's, i mean like at, like at that point what is stopping you from just killing each other
1: yeah i mean that's very true you know kind of like a, or or maybe even just like a like a Ready Player One scenario, you know, where you put on like a headset, yeah, and like yeah. it feels like you're you're in the game, and like I see you, you see me, and then for some reason we just shoot each other on sight. And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's really where video games ends up. We're just we're actually killing each other and just like uh, reuploading ourselves. No right, problem. right, and then and then kids are gonna be like, you know, back when we said, like you know, like mom, like.
1: Brian killed me in the game it's like mom Brian shot me in real life again Like, <laughs> <laughs> blew my arm off yeah what the fuck man
0: <laughs> all right um Greg appreciate it thanks for coming here to yeah. talk some video games um I figured I, I I'm not really sure who else I would have had this conversation with um there's a lot of like I mean really I'm one of one of my you know like really one of my me me you I know Jones still games um but like a lot of people in my friend group don't game anymore because like i don't know they have kids or some bullshit um yeah that that kind of eats up time so thank you for coming on and having this conversation this was a lot of fun yeah man of course
1: thanks for having me and uh, appreciate you bring me on and i'm not gonna lie like you you locked a lot of nostalgia corners in my head that i forgot <laughs> were there so this has been cool to kind of revisit oh for sure for sure
0: um so that does it for this episode uh we'll be back next week Uh, then uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about 1990 sitcoms with Rob Nugent. So that'll be a fun one. Um, Appreciate you guys listening, downloading, and we will catch you next time.